Oh, it's a glorious feeling. Back in the booth for the Stretch Podcast, your place to go for expert fantasy knowledge, wit, and a little bit of humor. The humor comes from my friend Z. Z, how you feeling today, buddy? I feel great, Bulldog. We uh, we actually did a lot of, we talked to a few major cable companies, a few phone companies, and hopefully we've gotten the situation corrected where we can hear Z a little bit better. Z, we actually got a couple uh, emails from uh, a few gentlemen that said they couldn't hear you as well in the first podcast. Yeah, well, the problem was is uh, when we first started the show, we decided to take two soup cans, we tied them together with a string, and we used that as our podcast uh, mo- mode of communication. So that's why you had the little tin can sound. If I, if I had a ba-doom-tsh, I would play it right there. Uh, hope, no, hopefully we got you back, and uh, just a little plug for our email, you can always give us a quick email at thestretchpodcast at gmail.com, that's thestretchpodcast at gmail.com. Z, we got a big show, buddy. I'm very excited about today's show. Episode 2, always a good one. Alright, well let's, uh, let's get it started. Fantasy front page, where we go for today's breaking uh, headlines with Fantasy World today. As Z, we also I guess, want to preface this that we mostly do our analysis from a, a rotisserie league type of lens, if you will. Oh uh, Yeah, I, I spend most of my time in the fantasy rotisserie uh, element, the roto, as you would say on Yahoo. And I'm also, um, we also I am actually in one um, week-by-week uh, kind of head-to-head league. I don't care for it as much as the rotisserie, but... Yeah, I don't think it... I think it's more luck you can get on that. So that's why we try to, to focus on what people really need help on, I think, which is the purest form of fantasy is a 12-team. But there, we'll also get into some 10-team uh, and also some keepers as we go on through the through the year. But let's start things off. Fantasy front page. Major, major injury in uh, Philadelphia. Talk to us about it, Z. Uh, Raul Banias has been uh, pretty much on pace for his career year. Um, I believe when he was in Kansas City, the owner called him one of the purest, greatest hitters he's ever seen come through the organization. That's also the same organization that brought up uh, Beltron. Uh, Banias, for the past couple of years, has been playing in the uh, Grand Canyon Park of uh, Safeco out in Seattle, where he's put together some very competitive uh, numbers. I think he was in the low 20s uh, to mid 20s. I think one year he got up to 35 home runs. 33. Uh, 33. And he consistently um, was was in the 110, 115 RBI range. Um, he was already at 22 home runs, and I think he had 59 RBIs. And we're not even a third of the way through the season. Uh, I think being uh, stuck in the middle of the huge bats with Utley and Howard and Rollins and Victorino and even Jason Worth, um, he saw a lot of fastballs, and apparently he was turning on them. Yeah, so he's got, he's got. I think the story coming out of uh, the Philadelphia press is that it's a strain left growing. Uh, he's batting 312 right now. He's got 22 bombs, about 60 ribs. He's 59. Where do you see him at coming back if he comes off the DL? Honestly, I feel like he will come back and keep up a solid pace. I wouldn't say he's going to stay on the toward rampant on-fire pace he's on right now, but uh, I do feel like he's going to come back and put together a full season for sure. Over under forty three bombs. Uh, under 
I, I take that as well. Uh, still a career year. I mean, you can't complain for, especially where people would draft this guy at. Uh, you cannot complain with those type of numbers. Absolutely not. A bulldog uh, over under uh, 120 RBIs. Oh, uh, you gotta take the under. You gotta take the under right now. Uh, He's already sitting at 59. Yeah, I, I take the under. I think he'll get somewhere between. Ah, he may he may reach it. We may push. He's not gonna go too much over if he does. Uh, I'm going to take the over on that one, buddy. All right. We can do that. I, there's too many bats in there, I believe. But, uh, you know, Utley hasn't been been on fire yet. He's been steady. He hasn't been on fire yet. I think he'll get some ribby chances. Uh, let's uh, move to uh, Mr. Valverde. Closer. Uh, he's back. Um, I don't think most people realize in the fantasy world of this guy's numbers over the past two years. Uh, he posted 47 saves two years ago. He posted 44 last year. He averages well over a K per inning. Uh, he's usually right around uh, career three ERA. And he's about a one one five one one eight usually in his uh, whip. The guy's a monster, man. He's go out there, throws the ball 97 miles per hour. Um, in my opinion, he's probably one of the top tier uh, fantasy closers. And I don't think the guy gets the respect that he should when it comes to trading or stock value in this guy's name in fantasy leagues. Well, here's, here's the reason he doesn't get the respect. I agree that he's got the potential for being a top tier closer. But the guy seems like he has bum cap every, every you know, two months. Goes down with a calf injury. And, and actually, my question is, why is there so many freaking calf injuries? I don't I don't remember ever, you know, Mickey Mantle going down with a calf strain or, you know, I just can't believe the amount of calf injuries these days. Well, these guys are much bigger, much stronger. And if you look at any bullpen, none of them feature like an exercise bike or anything that would warm up the lower half. They have all the armbands. They have all the arm stuff that they go in. But none of them, in my opinion, that I've ever seen watching any baseball game features any kind of lower half stretching or getting warmed up. So, Z, you're, uh, you're, you're giving uh, health advice now. You're giving some exercise advice. You should uh, talk to your boy uh, Tony Little and get on that. Giselle or reindeer thing he jumps on. Look, look, I'm not giving health advice. I'm giving common sense advice. <laughs> All right, that's what I like to hear. Also thing I like to hear if you're a Detroit fan is uh, Justin Verlander. Unbelievable. We have to cover him in the fantasy front page. Just, this guy has been ridiculous. Uh, as we stand at the moment, kid's got a 331 ERA, 118 Ks in 98 innings. That blows my mind. And you have to also keep it in, keep in mind that this guy has given up seven earned runs, five earned runs, and eight earned runs in inning in outings in within his first four outings, and then since then it's just been unbelievable off the charts. Couple things, I, I think you almost got to sell high on this guy, and here's two reasons: Z, his fly ball rate and his contact rate have be both gone through the roof lately. And uh, I think that's going to catch up to him. That's going to catch up to him soon. He, uh, you know, his, his last four outings, his, his walks have been up and down a little bit. I mean, the guy is still a stud pitcher. I think he's a top, uh, I say top five American League pitcher for the rest of the year. However, I think he's a sell high right now. You could, you could pull some serious cash for this guy right now. I couldn't agree with you more, Bulldog. Um... My problem with Verlander is, is the guy has always had potential to be just completely a knockout Johan Santana type pitcher. Uh, my issue has 
always been with this guy is his inconsistency. And somehow this year, a report comes out about his fifth start that he's rediscovered this arm slot issue. And now all of a sudden he's throwing from a certain arm slot and his stuff's gone from good to exceptional. I can't imagine that in today's world of, you know, videotaping your swings and pitching and knowledge and statistics that somehow this guy rediscovers arm slot. And now he's a stud and it just seems ridiculous to me, but yeah, I, I, I always, I'm no expert I, I on that come, bulldog. I always come back to the mental aspect. I, you know, I think baseball is so mental and you know, you get something in your head and you're, you're going to go with it. Uh, Z, we're going to, we're going to move on to a next section. I'm excited about this, uh, this new segment it's called the walk of shame, my friend. And you and I are about to go on that long, lonely walk. Now, when you think of the walk of shame, you probably go back to your high, your college days. And, uh, you know, Z, you probably were known to uh, indulge a little bit in uh, life, maybe a few beverages every now and then, and maybe make some choices that you may have regretted the next day. That's exactly what this uh, segment of the show is. It's it's guys that you at one point felt on top of the world about, but when you woke up and sobered up, you realized, you know what? These guys aren't going to pan out. It's called the walk of shame. Talk to me. Well, Bulldog, unlike you, I spent most of my college days in the library <laughs> studying. <laughs> Never did I make any poor choice under the influence of um, – alcohol or with um scandally uh dressed women so i would have no idea what the walk of shame is i'm glad that you explained it because now sorry, i know what sorry. to look for okay we need to go through this beforehand i'm sorry yes i'm glad our listeners got the explanation of the walk of shame apparently you have much experience in this so all right talk to me who do you got here uh my walk of shame is easy this guy i in love with at the beginning of the year i put him high on my list during my draft but walk of shame i have to let go of this guy because not only has he been a disappointment this year but he somehow contracted a weird disease and i'm going with connor jackson connor jackson connor jackson this guy has got valley fever Thank God for Google, because I went and looked up what Valley Fever is. Its yeah. technical name yeah. is – now, excuse me, listeners, for my pronunciation of these medical terms, but it's psychosidiosis <laughs> I believe that's how you say that. <laughs> now, what's ironic about this disease is that it only occurs in the Southwest. So if Connor Jackson were playing for pretty much anyone other than the Arizona Diamondbacks, he probably would not get this disease. It not only does it occur in the Southwest, but it's very heavy and specific in Arizona, which is hilarious to me. This disease is some sort of fungus that's in the dirt, which is so strange that why Connor Jackson, you have to eat dirt actually to acquire this or have it touch food and then you eat food. So apparently the five second rule doesn't uh, hold true in uh, Arizona. <laughs> but Connor Jackson is my walk of shame, dude. I'm walking away from this guy and I'm not for sure that I'm going to be going back anytime soon because according to... Uh, Wikipedia, their little health uh, thing. Valley fever could take over a year to recover from, if ever. Bulldog, uh, ever. So Connor Jackson is. You're done. You're done with Connor Jackson. I am Jackson. done with this guy. I was. I was. Pretty, was gonna be. I was pretty. Sick was projected you, to be batting uh, third, uh, Bulldog, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Third. Yeah. 
You uh, and you're not a big fan of these Arizona Diamondbacks. Who else? You mentioned somebody else before the cast about somebody else. Oh, easily another Arizona Diamondback. These jokers out there are killing me. Chris Young comes into his rookie season, bats about 250, 30 30 in the leadoff, has all the potential in the world. The guy cannot hit the freaking ball. He is driving insane. I would put Chris uh, Chris Young on the same boat as Connor Jackson on my walk of shame. I haven't totally uh, walked completely away from uh, Chris Young, but I am definitely down the block. Yeah, he, he seems like a kid who reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, Mike Cameron, although he's never getting his batting average. And Mike Cameron's not a, not going to win you any batting titles himself. However, uh, he reminds me of kind of this prototype, but the kid's got to learn to hit a ball. He's got to learn to and hit a ball. And just be consistent with it. I mean, I don't care that you bat 250. That's one for four game. Yeah. Just go out there, and if you're one for four, one of them happens to be a home run one day, and the next day you happen to get a single and steal a base, that's fine. You'll find a place on any fantasy team. It's when you go out there and have stretches of over 40. That's where I can't stand you. Now, my walk of shame, Z, is going to be a little bit more solemn because uh, – this man is pretty much a legend in fantasy uh, fantasy ball, especially in the uh, 2000. His name, Vladi Dotti. That's right. I'm walking away from Vladi Dotti, and and here's what I'm walking away from him. He's clearly not a top tier guy, even though I want him to be. I mean, the no batting gloves, the uh, swings at everything. You gotta love him, but it's been. Since 2006, since the last time the guys hit 30 home runs. Uh, you know, last year you batted 303, 27 home runs, 90 RBIs. Good, good year, you know, good year, but not upper echelon. I mean, remember that kid was coming up in 99, 2000, and it seemed like he could do 40, 40 every year. Actually, in 2002, hit 39 home runs, 40 stolen bases. Missed out 40, 40 club by one. I thought with uh, Torrey Hunter... Coming on board, uh, you know, and they got Abreu there. I just thought those guys would mesh well, and and it's just not looking like it. He's he's been banged up, and uh, just I'm just not buying. I don't think the the power is going to ever get back to that thirty that thirty mark. I'm walking away from him. Uh, I think that's a good walk away, Bulldog. The guy, if you watch him even like run the bases, it's almost painful to watch. He's like lumbering. He looks fat. Um, he just doesn't look athletic anymore. He used to be like a lean, tall machine, but now he just kind of looks like he's, he looks like a pear almost. He's so bottom heavy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, uh-oh, know what that means. We got, we got to go to the next segment, and this is a new segment for the show also. This, my friend, I, I don't think you're homosexual, but what do you if mean you, you were, don't think? I know that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> if you were, my friend, we have a little segment called Man Crush. Ooh, I like the groove. I like the groove. I like the end. Wicker, wicker, wicker. Man Crush. This is who do you have a man crush on in fantasy baseball? Let you go first. You want me to go first? I think you should start this one off, Bulldog. All right. Now this may sound like uh, an easy, an easy call, but I'm going to give it through it through the context of this guy should be the number one pick every year. Albert Pujols blows my freaking mind. That guy, he should be a number one pick every year, and he's not. <laughs> you know that you sometimes you'll go with like this year Hanley was the number one pick in a lot of leagues. Uh, last year A Rod, Albert Pujols is 
an unbelievable stud. Unbelievable stud. Every night he goes to the yard. It seems like every night. He, if you're uh, if you're familiar with the Yahoo Fantasy ranks, he's number one rank right now. We're staying at 26 bombs. He's got like 68 ribbies, nine stolen bases, nine stolen bases. The third of the year through the year, batting uh, 328. Tell me, this is are, are we witnessing one of the greatest players of all time? I think we will. I think over the course of his career, we are going to witness this because of the his ability to hit for such a high average on a consistent basis. He rarely ever strikes out. So, I mean, just having that basic skill will allow you to put together a solid 20-year you know, career. He's got 57 runs right now. I mean, is he going to score 120 runs this year? Of course he will. I think he averages close to 120 runs a year. He, uh... I would say the, no, he hasn't scored 120 runs since uh, 2005, actually, if memory serves me correctly. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I know he had a little issue with the uh, that elbow. He got that cleaned up, and uh, just a stud, a stud, and and nine stolen bases just to throw in, no big deal. That uh, and by the way, he hasn't stole double digit stolen bases since about 2005, I believe. Well, he's been a little dinged up, but he's still producing top-tier numbers, even with injuries. Yeah, I mean, well, that's going to be – that's going to put you in the Hall of Fame, no doubt. Yeah, he plays upper – you know, he's been over 148 uh, games last four or five years consistently. So, uh, all right, talk to me. Man crush. Bulldog, my man crush is not as uh, easy of a pick as you. Um, I believe back in my college days, uh, they called it yellow fever when someone uh, had a crush for a certain ethnicity or culture in this world. Um, I'm going with my boy from South Korea, Sin Shu Chu. Talk to me. This guy not only was penciled in this year to go serve for the uh, Army, uh, which he's in the process of still getting out of, I hear. Uh, but he's batting 295. He's batting in a cleanup spot for the Cleveland Indians, which I feel is one of the most underrated offenses in the league. And it's only going to get better once Grady Sizemore comes back. You know they're you know that they're in the top 10 in the league in scoring with Sizemore not playing well at all this year? And how many people do you feel like know that? Exactly. Exactly. He's got nine home runs. He's got 41 RBIs, which puts him right up there with some of the top draft picks in the first round. Um, and he's also got 11 stolen bases. So, I mean, the guy is currently filling every category. And most people, if they did draft him, was probably in the last four or five rounds, if not the free agent wire. I hear you. This is definitely my man crush. And as long as he stays in that cleanup spot in Cleveland, I feel like this guy is going to produce some serious numbers for basically free in any Roto League. All right. And uh, that that's, you heard it here first. Uh, Z, we, we got one more uh, little. Uh... Oh, I love that. I love that. We got one little segment we're going to. This is called Fantasy Street. This is where we kind of take a look just like we would uh, Wall Street. Uh, where, of course, you'd like to buy low, sell high. Now, here's the deal. When do you, you – there's no manual to this. You know, you have to go a little bit on gut, a lot on uh, study, and a little bit on luck. Let's talk about a couple guys here. Talk to Let's me about Ir- Irvin Santana. This, Irvin Sant- this could be the typical buy low candidate. However – is his arm problem still going to consist throughout the persist throughout the rest of the year? I believe his arm problems will persist throughout the year. Um, he is a great buy low, like you said. He has 
all the potential in the world. He had a career year last year. Struck out, struck out over 200 with great whip in the ERA. Uh, the problem is I watched him pitch recently against the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Rays. Not the Devil Rays. That's not too religious. They're in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> but the Tampa Bay Rays. And he could not get that change up uh, breaking or cutting hard out of the zone and was just getting lit up. And I feel like due to his arm problems, He's not going to get that strong bite on that changeup, and if he's going to continue to throw that pitch, he's going to continue to get hit. Okay, so that's that's a maybe a traditional buy-low candidate you're going to say keep away from. Here's a guy I want to talk to you about, Scott Baker. This this guy, I think, is the perfect buy-low candidate right now. Let me give you his split right now. He's pitched 81 innings. He's got 68 strikeouts, so he's near a strikeout per inning. His ERA, my friend, is 5.22. Not sexy at all, right? Look at the guy's Correct. whip. 1.12. Great which whip. Is, that, which is telling you this guy just has bad luck. There's not too many guys getting on base. When they do get on base, they're getting hit, which is bad luck. I say Scott Baker, a huge buy-low candidate right now. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think, uh, again, Scott Baker plays in a – dome that is you know friendly to the home run and when you see guys with low whip a higher array i mean that tells you one thing one thing only they're getting uh, a lot of pitches up and a lot of guys are hitting solo shots on them you know you take those pitches maybe five a game even and you start getting those pitches down lower in the zone those balls don't start going out and you're going to be looking at a premier pitcher absolutely that's a great buy low bulldog uh, I, we're agreeing way too much. I'm not sure what, uh, what's in the, uh, I don't know if we've both caught the yellow fever, but we're agreeing way too much. Uh, you caught the yellow fever? Nah, no, I don't have the yellow fever yet. Since but... you two is rubbing off on you already? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Z, well, we're, uh, we're approaching the end of the second podcast. I think this has been an excellent, excellent little show here. Uh, I'm very happy with episode two. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> what we need to do. What we need to do is throw out that email one more time. That is thestretchpodcast at gmail.com. Thestretchpodcast at gmail.com. Right now, Z, we have about uh, eight subscribers, and our podcast is downloaded about at least 12 times around the world. Um, we're going to be re-releasing this and uh, shooting some emails out to some uh, different areas so people can, can listen to us even more. Uh, Bulldog, how does it feel to have 12 fans? Uh, I kind of feel like uh, Coco Beware. Do you remember I that? Feel like, from the I feel like there's such a burden on my shoulders now. I feel like I have like I have to do something for these people. You know, well, you, you got to produce, and I'm going to tell you, we're going to have to disagree a lot more in the future. We usually are uh, pretty excellent at disagreeing, but today I guess we're just on. Sometimes the stars line up, my friend. Sometimes the stars line up. All right. Well, so for Zach Z, this is Bulldog. We will see you next time.